Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Tom Terrace. Welcome one and all. Hey, Good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. And we're going to break open the bread of life. So, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see how God wants to teach us, to help us to grow and to learn? All right, I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of your love. Thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for... Uh, the beautiful spring flowers that are blooming in the blue skies and the clouds. Thank you also for the rain uh, that you've given us. Uh, Lord, help us to have grateful, thankful hearts each and every day, each and every moment, Lord. And uh, as we gather here today, we thank you for this uh, this radio program, this radio station. Thank you for all the people listening, for us uh, gathered here in the studio. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for, for all of your goodness. And we ask you, dear Holy Spirit, to come into our hearts, to fill our hearts with, uh, with love and understanding and wisdom, and uh, mostly with, with docility, that we can be teachable, that we can be moldable, and uh, please, Holy Spirit, fill us with courage so that we can live the Word each and every day at home, at school, at, uh, in the community, everywhere we go, that we can live the message that we're going to be given today. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And and Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Absolutely. This is a gospel from the Gospel of John. Again, chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit. And every one that does, he prunes, so that it bears more fruit. You are already pruned because of the word that I spoke to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, because without me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown out like a branch and wither. People will gather them and throw them into a fire, and they will be burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Ask for whatever you want, and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Tom, as you're reading that, I was... uh, And for those listening, obviously you you can't see what we're, we're doing here, but we have... Our, our sheet in front of us that you know we can jot down notes and uh, as you're reading 
I'm circling the word remain or remains, and it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. The word remain or remains in this little passage uh, is given to us eight times. And as you're reading it, I was like, well, how, how, do, how do I do that? You know, how, how can I remain in Jesus? You know, I'm married, got five kids, you know, 13 down to four, and just a lot busy, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on, and, and I get distracted very easily and, and get caught off, you know, get, get taken off, off task. Um, but I think it's pretty loud and clear that, that our Lord wants us to remain in Him. Uh, and, you know, how do I do that? You know, so I'm just asking the Lord, please reveal to me how in my state in life I can best remain in you. So uh, any wisdom you guys want to share with me, I'd, I'd, I'd appreciate it. Well, you know, we, we go to the Bible because, again, it says in the beginning, the first sentence, I am the true vine. So we know that Christ is the way, the truth, and the light. All source of revelation comes from that one true vine, and that vine is the Word of God. It says right here, you know, that the Word is 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 how the people were pruned, how the disciples were pruned. So we go to the Word of God and we say, you know, God revealed to me, what, how do I stay and how do we remain in you? And in the Bible, it tells us very simply, remain in my love. Well, how do we do that? By obedience to God's commandments of love. He gave us 10 beauty, beauty, beautiful utterance of love. The Ten Commandments, which number one is what is the primary priority in our lives? Put God first. And it, and it goes through that whole, whole verses about remaining my love. It all goes through about remain, being obedient. Because in that obedience to God's Word and His letter of love to us and His Ten Gifts, those Ten Commandments, that's for us, not for him. By remaining there, we're set free. Free to love the Father as he loves us, and then free to allow the Father to love each and every person he brings into our life through us remaining in that relationship. So that to me is huge because from that primary relationship, all other life flows to everyone we're in relationship with. So, so, Rob, that word remains eight times. That's important, that we stay in right relationship with God. So connected to the Father in communion means common union. We're connected so that at the end where it says, you know, ask for whatever you want and it will be done for you. Many people just pull that out of the Scripture and say, oh, man, all I got to do is ask for it and I get it. But they take away the, the eight remains. Because if you fail to remain, you know, in that relationship with God, what you're going to ask for a lot of times is not for God's glory, which it says there for the Father's glory. It's self-serving. It's about me, myself, and I. So for me, I want to surrender because why did Jesus come? To do the will of the Father. Well, if Jesus came to be do the will of the Father, that's our calling. So remaining in his love, that surrender, that obedience sets us free so that we become fruitful, fruit, and we produce fruits of love in fruit of love in abundance. And and that's it. That's become then a disciple of Jesus Christ. The last line of the sentence. Yeah, and I think, Rob, for me, the the word remain um is like how do we remain? It's remembering God is with us at all times. So when I'm doing my job or if I'm at home with the kids and um, and I just think of him, you know, I think just knowing his presence, I'm remaining 
with him in that in that moment. And then I've, the word that kind of jumped out at me is kind of strange, I guess, it would be bear. Because he says bear fruit, and he says bear fruit, much fruit at the end. And I'm thinking like the, the word bear, like what what where else do we have that word in connection with another word, like bear your sufferings? So whatever it is I'm suffering with, you know, I'm bearing just as he bore the, the weight of the cross, and I'm remaining with him in that. So whatever it is I'm suffering through, whether it's, uh, you know, emotional, physical, spiritual, you know, I'm, I'm bearing it as he bore the cross and I'm at the same time remaining in his presence, in his love. And he's the one, you know, that helps us through that suffering, whatever it may be. Because as again, he says, without me, you can't do nothing. So, um, and, and Tom, I, I was just looking at that as well. The, you know, without me, you can do nothing. It doesn't say without me, you can do some things. Without me, you can do a little bit. Without me, you can do nothing. And you can nothing. bear everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's so for me, I'm, I'm just thinking back to a young man uh, a week ago. I heard in front of a group of, of men, he was in his 20s, and, and he said that Christianity is a call to action. So there's a bunch of you know older guys around this table, and this young guy in college said, you know, our, our Christ- Christianity is a call to action, and uh, and we need to we need to do some some things, right? So what is it that God's asking me to do? So Lord, what do you want me to do? Because the opposite of this is also found in Scripture that you know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That if I remain in Him, and and following His will, then through Him, you know, with Him in me, we can do all things. Right, so just continually asking God, what do you want me to do today? What, what, what do you, who do you have, uh, you know, in my path? And I just think of, of Philip and the Ethiopian, right? That Philip was driving down the the road and he sees the Ethiopian eunuch reading scripture, and the Holy Spirit prompted his heart to go talk to him, and he did. He explained what he was reading, and then Philip wanted to be, or the Ethiopian wanted to be baptized, and Philip baptized him, and then said the Holy Spirit snatched him away, but the Holy Spirit didn't drop him in front of Philip. He put a prompting on the heart last week, you know, about hearing the voice. So Philip heard the voice, and he was prompted, but he had to take action, right? Again, a call to action. He had to take action, and that Ethiopian's life was never the same. He was baptized. That's amazing. Then I heard a story of a guy who was asking the Lord, Lord, help me to, to take more action in my faith, especially in my prayer life, and especially praying with people. That a lot of times people will tell you of, of things that are going on and will say, uh, you know, I'll keep you in prayer. Hey, Lord, help me to just see if they want to pray right there. And he continues with, you know, with telling his story. And he's jogging one day, going past the construction site, and he sees this big, intimidating-looking construction worker. And he gets a prompting on his heart: stop and ask him if he wants to pray. <laughs> he's like, yeah, right. And he keeps running. He's like, this guy's gonna crush me. So the prompting wouldn't go away. He turned around, went back to the site, went up to the construction worker. I said, you know, you might think this is crazy, but, you know, I had a prompting on my heart to come back and ask you if you wanted to pray. And with a tear in his eye, the construction worker said, at this moment, I was just praying to God, asking him to send me someone that can pray for me. And right there on the site, at the site of the construction, they stopped and prayed. And that guy's life was never the same, I'm sure, right? So, again, it's called action. Last week, the good shepherd, right? We, we need to hear his voice. We need to avail ourselves to hear his voice. We hear his voice. We get the prompting, but then we have to take action. We have to take action. We can't just sit there and, and do nothing, right? We have to, we have to do something. We have to remaining is an action, right? We have to remain in him, be conscious of him and uh, ask him, what do you want me to do? 
uh, with him we can do all things. You know, those God moments that occur, Rob, when you ask God for that gift of the eyes to see and the ears to hear and a heart to respond to what we see and what we hear, it's amazing how those divine appointments, I like to call them, they get teed up by God and hit out of the park. About a month ago, I said, boy, I saw this movie called, you know, God's Not Dead. And I went, that's awesome. Well, then the same company produced another movie called "If You or Do You Believe? I saw that three times in five days. I wept every time. It's all about God moments. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. And the movie, movie production company is called Pure Flix. I said, my, I said to different people, I said, man, if I ever meet those directors, I want to help them produce films. Well, last week I was out in Mundelein, Illinois, giving a talk to 55 priests. And when I left the talk, this one priest walked up to me. He said, hey, did you ever hear the movie um, God's Not Dead? I said, oh, yeah, I loved it. He said, how about... You know, do you believe? I said, oh, I said, I love it. I love Pure Flix. He said, well, the producers and writers of that, those movies are Catholic. They're friends of mine, and they need somebody to help them produce the next film. Do you think you'd be willing to do that? I said, absolutely. Absolutely. And they told me the title of the next film. I come home, and a day later, my, my son or my brother says, David, you got to hear this speaker. Her story's unbelievable. And the story, the movie they're going to do is on that speaker. So again, God's confirmations, those those divine appointments, man, stay alert. Listen with spiritual ears. Listen, see with spiritual eyes and watch God as he brings the pieces together. And then in awe and wonder, have a heart of gratitude. Because this whole reading that we just did, I can do nothing without Christ. Christ does everything in me, with me, and through me, as long as I stay connected. When I choose to sin, I sever that connection because I free will chose that. And that's why I thank the Lord. We have the, the great grift of the sacrament of reconciliation. Man, when we fall, we go, to, we go immediately to the mass unit, I like to call it, in the front lines, go to the confessional, confess with a, a heart of contrition, ask for mercy. This is a time of mercy, St. Pope Francis has, has declared us a year of mercy. You know, go and get forgiveness from God in the sacrament of reconciliation and get clean. And guess what? Forgive yourself and get back in the fight. Uh, what a beautiful, beautiful truth in the Catholic Church. Yeah, and that reminds me when you said that um, about how we choose to sin. I had the great fortune of being at the men's conference in Scranton this past Saturday, and Father Larry Richards was kind of—he was the sort of the main speaker, and he was saying that when we choose to sin, we're basically like, you know, pointing our fist in, to God and saying, no, I want to do it my way, you know, not your way. And then when we do that, we're like immediately like disconnecting ourselves from that vine— and he can't work in us. He can't produce those God moments in us because we're no longer connected. So it's so uh, important, as you said, to when we do fall, which we all do, to you know get back up on the horse and then you know seek the God's forgiveness in the sacrament, so that we can always remain with Him and not be that withered branch that can't do anything. And, and praise God. Uh, it's time you're referencing the, the Scranton Men's Conference, and it was it was the first year that you guys had one there. Right? Yes, yeah. And what an amazing turnout! Almost seven hundred men. Yes, for the yeah. first conference. That's amazing. So thank you, God, for that, and uh, for all those men listening there out out there, and and for the women who have men in their lives that they love. Whenever there's an opportunity for men to gather in Christ's name together, it's powerful. So guys, 
you know, wherever you are, uh, and there's an opportunity to gather with men and you're available, take it. Even if you're not available, change your schedule. Uh, for the women out there, encourage the men in your life to, to gather with men. It is, it's powerful to, to be with a group of men. And, and the guy that I referenced earlier in the show, in our conversation here, he said something else. Not only is Christianity a call to action, and again, this guy's in his early 20s, he said, my generation is a generation of boys, not young men. So we need to man up. We need to man up in, in all aspects of our lives. And uh, as men, uh, let's, uh, let, let's, let's lock arms and gather what? together. The step out there with the men's conference in Harrisburg and the theme of that conference, it was warriors for Christ. That's that stepping up. No longer boys, but men, young men, warriors for Christ. Ready for this? Men after God's own heart. That fiery love, heart of love. And 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 when I gave my talk at that, I gave the, the ending of it was that the battle is real. The war is rage, raging. The objective is clear, the salvation of souls. Do we wake up every morning and say, Lord, use me in the salvation of souls today. Lord, use me to be allow me to be a blessing to others this day. And do we seek God's strength and invite God along for the journey? Do we turn to him throughout our day? And look for the opportunities to bless somebody in line at a grocery store, to pray for somebody who reacted wrongly towards us. All day long, we have an opportunity to be warriors for Christ, men after God's own heart. But that's not the way of the world in that that warrior is the heart of Christ. And that weapon we wield is the word of God, truth delivered with love, the sort of truth that pierces the heart to bring a person to conversion, not to beat them up, not to cut them down. No, to ask God to speak the words through you in those divine appointments, in those God moments, to use the sword of truth to pierce through bone and marrow, to pierce the heart with the seed of truth so that that person can come to know Christ deeper, better, turn away from their sinful ways and become then another warrior for Christ. That opportunity exists every day. And it starts when we wake up in the morning and we invite God on the journey. We get set, we get ready and say, God, I surrender. Use me because he's the one that does the work through us. He's the one that does the work with us. He's the one, not us. And take no credit for it because spiritual pride is the worst of all evils. When you start saying, I did this, I did that, I did this. Stop it. Stop it. It says it right here. You did nothing other than give your fiat, just like Mary. I'm the servant of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. Your fiat is all that God needs to change this world. One soul at a time. You're in. All in. And we have a a kids camp that we work with that we help uh, help with in the, in the theme this year that was proposed was be more it's 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 in the summer and i think wasn't it was be a man was your yeah, for uh, yeah. for the the men's conference but be more and and i thought it was you know had a, a nice ring to it and and you can really use a lot of different themes and and fun things with kids but then as uh, as we were praying praying about it we can't just decide one day to be more and will ourselves to be more we have to pray more and if we pray more, we're going to know more. We're going to know God more. And if we know God more, we're going to love him more. And if we love him more, we're going to serve him more. And at the end, we will be more. So each day, it's a five-day camp. We're like, wow, maybe we just say each day, pray more, 
be more. Know more, be more. Love more, be more. Serve more, be more. And then the fifth day, be more. You know, so you can't just decide. We have to we have to be men of action, women of action, that we have to decide to do the most important thing first, and that's pray. Right? And then know and love and serve. And then by doing that, God will change us. Not us changing us, but God will change us to be more for him. Well, and there's a real key point here. There's a word that we may not like called pruned. Mm. And it says, you have already been pruned because of the word. We need to consume the word of God. We ask for it in the, in the prayer of the Our Father, you know, give us this day our daily bread. We have the bread of life, the opportunity to consume the word every day. We physically eat three times a day, plus our little snick snacks in between. We should be consuming the word of God that that equal level so that we can spiritually be fed that word of God. That pruning, we need to be open because here's what happens on a vine, a grapevine. If a branch of a grapevine is not pruned, it just keeps running down, spreading out, creating beautiful leaves and attaching to whatever it touches. And it keeps going. It looks beautiful. Do you know how much fruit it produces? Nothing. Because that branch is all about itself. Me, myself, and I. The more leaves I produce, the more energy I consume, the more uh, uh, branch I can produce, the more leaves I can produce, the more energy I can consume, and off it goes. But you see, the gardener, who's God the Father, knows that if it was all, if we left it up to us in our broken humanity, it'd be about me, myself, and I. And we continue to suck all the resources. It says here, God the Father takes us away if we do that. But if we allow God to prune us back, through our fiat, our yes, that pruning, when we accept it, actually stops that wild shoot, wild growth, me, myself, and I, and shortens us closer to the vine, which is Christ, and then we produce fruit. And the fruit we produce are works of love. And the reason we know that the fruit is of God and is not of us is because we experience then the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, peace, joy, patience, gentleness, charity, chastity, kindness. If we're in the Spirit, doing the will of God, we'll experience those fruits which money can't buy. So I would challenge everybody, all of our listeners, look at your life. My big thing where I need pruned, I waste the gift of my life, the most precious gift that money can't buy. You know, here on earth, I waste it on television that there's nothing healthy on there for me. And I click and I click and I click and I click. And I, sometimes I waste two hours in a day. And the Lord's like, think of what I could do in you, with you, and through you if you allowed me to prune that, David. Because I have my free will choice. And many times I go against the prompting of the Spirit because I just want to dumb myself down. Well, no, wait a minute. That's real smart. I just want to anesthetize myself. I just want to be, I want to, here's another one, veg out. But God said, you know what? If you continue to consume my word, and that's what it's all about here, the word of God, then I'm going to use you even more powerfully to produce more fruit. And at the end of the day, when you come to heaven, you'll get to see the fruit that he produced through me. And you're going to go, whoa. But if I wasted that gift of life, where'd the fruit go that could have been produced? So challenge point. There's a little book called Practicing the Presence of God, Brother oh, Lawrence. Yeah. And, and as we're talking about this and, and what does it mean to remain in time, you just said earlier that 
everything we do, we need to remain in him. I think of that, that little book, Practicing the Presence of God, and it's Brother Lawrence and, 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 a, and a letter, exchange of letters, talking about just that presence that, that we don't need to do, right? We just need to allow ourselves to be in, in his presence, remain in his presence, and, uh, and that is a beautiful prayer that, that we're always thinking of him, we're always talking to him throughout the day, just like any, like if we had our best friend with us all day, we wouldn't just you know, sit next to him and not say anything or think, right? We'd be hanging out and having fun and, and talking, and that's God, right? God is with us all day, every day, every hour. We wake up in the middle of the night, you know, he's there. And uh, how often are we are we thinking of him? And, uh, you know, God's not going to force anything. I was hanging out with my, my seven-year-old daughter last night, and she was asking a lot of questions about, about the devil and about, you know, how did he— fall from heaven and why is there a hell and all these beautiful questions. And I said, keep asking questions. It's great. And I said, at the end of the day, God gives us what we choose. And if we choose him throughout our lives, every day we choose him and we choose to love him. We choose to know him. We choose to serve him. We choose to be kind. We choose to follow his commandments. We choose to stay plugged into his church and, and we choose him. Then it's just going to continue forever right so uh you know it was it was but but that whole book practicing the presence just uh reminds me of this and uh you know it, it's a it's a, a challenge to remain in his presence but um, the fruit as you said david the fruit the fruit is beautiful if we do and you know i was just doing a final reflection here that truth i am the true vine christ is a source of everything in our life and the greatest freedom i got is when I realized I own nothing. I own nothing. I'm merely the steward of everything God's entrusted to me. And I do nothing. What I choose is to give my fiat, my all in for the Lord, and then God does it through me. So I don't take credit for what God's doing. And my life is a life of great adventure. It's a freedom. It's amazing as I watch God work, I'm just humbled. I'm amazed, and I can't tell you the excitement and the adventure that God has me on. Love it. Love it. Love it. And, uh, yeah, it reminds me again of a Father Larry Richards. You were saying we need to plug in with God, and he's a big proponent of have the Bible right by your bed and read it when you wake up in the morning and read it you know, when you, before you go to bed, because a lot of people moan and groan, say, well, God never speaks to me. And he says, well, you got to pick up the Bible and start reading it. So I encourage everyone to get a Bible and start reading it. Absolutely. No Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. Yes. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 
1-800-242-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.